Youth Yarn is brought to you by Lachlan and Western Regional Services and by the Western New South Wales Primary Health Network. My name is Jamie Elms and I'm the host of a new podcast for kids and community in the Weddonshire, Central West New South Wales. We're calling the show Youth Yarn. It's inspired by the young people in our community and is designed as a platform for sharing stories, fostering ambitions and creating an avenue for us to get to know each other a little better. Think of it as community radio for the whole family. Kids have a lot of questions that are naturally curious and ahead of them is a future that can at times seem so exciting but also daunting and uncertain. We want our kids to have the opportunity to listen to the diverse ideas, questions and stories of their peers while also collecting tales of experience from the grown-ups that call the Weddonshire home. We interview people about their careers to give kids an idea of the work opportunities and future prospects in the Central West. We discuss hobbies and put a spotlight on some of the local clubs and organisations that you might not know about and maybe might enjoy being a part of. We talk to our grandparents to garner wisdom and learn how their childhood varied so much from our own. And we also have the incredible fortune to have our local wildlife experts teach us about flora and fauna in the Weddonshire. A fun part about this segment is that kids are encouraged to get out in nature and photograph the species we learn about. And the individual or team who finds all the species and sends through the photo evidence first wins a prize. Keep listening to learn more about that. Today, I will be hosting the show, but we'd love for you to give it a go. We invite any kids with an interest in podcasting, radio editing, production, interviewing or script writing to ask parents to get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at 97 Main Street, Grenfell or send us an email at youthyarn at gmail.com. We'd like to give a shout out and a huge thank you to our sponsors for supporting Youth Yarn. Thank you to the Grenfell branch of Rotary. And thank you to the Weddonshire Council. Please note that Youth Yarn is rated PG as it explores some themes that might need further explanation for little ears. Now to kick off the podcast, we normally start with a section called Life's Big Questions, where we ask questions like this. What's one thing everyone should try? Probably experiencing something new and like going outside and experiencing the world. What does home mean to you? Home for me is where I am at, where I lay my head, um, whether it's a humpy out in the bush or a house or anywhere is where I lay my head, where my love is, where everyone feels my love. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's where home is to me. What is your greatest fear? My greatest fear is that the world will run out of donuts. I absolutely love donuts, so I think I'd really freak out if we ran out of donuts. What is love? A word that must have actions to have any meaning. But before we start listening to the answers to today's big question, I'd like to take a moment for an acknowledgement of country. The Weddon Shire is part of Wiradjuri country and here is Chad White to acknowledge the lands and waters we are lucky enough to call home. I'd like to acknowledge the land that I am on today of the Wiradjuri nation and the Wiradjuri people. I'd like to pay my respects to all elders past, present and emerging. Chad is one of our guests today so you will hear him later talking about Cowra Headspace. 
Now, please meet our other participants and listen to their two cents on today's big question, how would you change the world? Hello, I'm Layla and I'm 10 years old. I'm Kathy and I was born the year that Kevlar was invented. My name is Pauline. I was born in 1949 when the world was a different place before computers and fax machines. I come from Grenfell. Hi, my name's Phil Diprose and I'm 64. Hello, my name's Rory and I'm 11 years old. Yeah, g'day. My name's uh, Chris Ray. Uh, I was born in 1964. That makes me close to 60, 58, I think, 59, some scary number. I am Katie. I am 72. I'm a baby boomer. Hi, my name's Rory and I'm five and I'm soon going to turn six. My name is Jens and I'm about to turn 14. I'm Andrew. I'm 55. Hi, my name's Chad White. I was born when the CD player was invented and brought out. My name is Lloyd Thomas. I'm a 71-year-old man, born here in Grenfell in 1951. My name is Scott Badman, and I'm 41 years old. I'm Holly, and I'm 19. Hi, my name's Julie. I was born in 1962, which makes me 60 this year, young 60. How would you change the world? Mahatma Gandhi once said, be the change you wish to see in the world. So if you want to change the world, you've got to change yourself first. Treat people with kindness and respect. Give back to the community. Empathise with people. Be a shoulder for them to cry on or a back to lean on. Become a volunteer. I recommend the RFS. The way I would change the world is so no one dies. If everybody came more, became more tolerant of others' lifestyles and religions... I'd like to um, see a lot more education into the world for the children. I think that's the start of our, our new future for us. Probably stopping everybody from arguing about everything, basically. Get rid of sickness and disease. Uh, how would I change the world? I think the two most important things are to firstly work with the willing and the second thing is to break, break it down into manageable chunks that each individual can relate to. Help people more often. Um, how would I change the world? Um, I wouldn't know where to start to tell you the truth. Um, we can all say, you know, take away war and violence and all that, but I think that's what helps shapes the world. Um, it shows, shows and teaches us empathy. So I really can't answer that question. I would not change the world. I don't believe you can change what has taken a billion years to evolve. I just hope humans learn to live peacefully together and not try to change each other. I'm a single person and there are different cultures, different ways of doing business, different areas and I do not believe that I single-handedly, by snapping my fingers, would make the world a better place. I may make it a different place. Um, communication, I think, is one of the most important things. Um, when we're looking at communicating with other people, one of the things is you don't try to change their way of thinking by saying, I'm right and you're wrong. You try to find a common area where you can work with, you listen to them. You might not agree with them, but you keep open dialogue with them. You certainly don't take it personal what they say. And by working around them when you found something like that, they're not going to like you because of what 
your values are and what their values are is probably a big railway line to part. And so this is where you need to find the common ground. Um, but by keeping dialogue open is where my would answer be to that. If I were to change the world, I'll or make a no people dying it so they live on on and on forever? Um, actually, I'm changing the world right at the moment. Every breath I take, every interaction I have, every pebble I turn over and peer under changes the world. A big thank you to everyone who shared their answers and ideas on how would you change the world. Now, if you would like to discuss with us how you would change the world, feel free to send us an email or maybe you could have this discussion with your friends and families at home. Please feel free to send us your thoughts on next episode's big question. What is your greatest fear? Welcome to the Wet and Wild Scavenger Hunt, where a local expert or enthusiast gives you facts about creatures, critters and plants we share our home with here in Wedden. If you listen carefully, why not put your knowledge into practice? Maybe take a photo of the flora or fauna in this episode and send it through to youthyarn at gmail.com with the subject title, Scavenger Hunt. We hope to offer information on eight local species over several episodes. For your search, you can form a team or adventure forth solo. Whoever locates and sends in photos of all eight species first wins a prize. So get your sunscreen, hat, walking shoes and cameras ready as we learn about this week's species on the Wet and Wild Scavenger Hunt. To introduce our first species, we are incredibly fortunate to have Wedden Land Care Coordinator Melanie with us. So Mel, would you mind telling us about the first species we'd like listeners to find? So the first species we'd like people to find out about is the sticky everlasting daisy, or if you go by the scientific or Latin name, Xerochrysum viscosum, with the second part of the name viscosum um, meaning viscous or like a thick sticky substance. And that's just how the green linear leaves of the plant feel when you run your hand up the tall stem, so they're sticky. So just a little bit about the plant. Um, as you may know, Jamie, uh, plants are categorised into different families and sticky everlasting daisies are part of the Asteraceae family or the daisy family, which is quite a large family of plants. And sticky everlastings are one of the paper daisies. So if you feel the petals or the bracts of their flower, which are yellow, they feel very stiff and can crinkle a little bit like tissue paper and these flowers are pollinated by insects and provide food for insects such as ants, native butterflies and their larvae. Thank you for that great information, Melanie. Whereabouts can we expect to find the sticky everlasting daisy? Sticky everlasting daisies are perennial, which means they persist or can reoccur for more than one year at least. Uh, they're known as a forb, which is a herbaceous flowering plant other than a grass, uh, usually low growing. So you'll need to look down to find them as they're a ground layer plant. Uh, in our vegetation communities, we have different layers of vegetation. We have the taller trees or the overstory, mid-sized trees and the larger shrubs, which make up our mid-story, and the lower growing shrubs, forbs, grasses, and other things like orchids and rushes, which make up the ground layer. Sticky everlasting daisies are quite common throughout southeastern Australia and occur across a range of landscapes and soils. 
They're mostly found in open woodlands and dry forests. So in the Weddon district, you'll find them uh, in most of our timbered reserves along travelling stock routes, in the national parks, state forests, along roadsides, around Cumps Dam and even Vaughan's Dam. They're a tufted plant. Uh, as I said before, their tallish green stems are about 80 centimetres tall and they have a bright yellow flower head. Uh, so they do stand out in the landscape. They're, they're flowering at the moment, um, but people have to be careful uh, not to confuse them with St John's wort, um, which uh, from a distance, because it can look the same, uh, it also has tallish green stem with yellow flowers and it's also flowering at the moment too. I think most of us have an inkling of how important it is to protect our environment. So tell us, Melanie, is there any way that listeners can take steps to protect the sticky everlasting daisy? Well, one of the easiest things young listeners can do is not pick it. We know that they have pretty flowers and form a lovely bunch, but the flowers are the reproductive parts of these plants. So if you take the flowers, you stop them from reproducing. And as the years go by, uh, there'll be less and less of them. So if you find some in the wild, simply admire them and take a photo instead. Sticky everlasting daisies, like many of our other forbs, uh, are quite sensitive to grazing and disturbance. So we don't tend to find them where paddocks have been heavily grazed or crops for long periods of time. Giving paddocks adequate rest between grazing or cultivation events can help to encourage some of our sensitive ground layer plants to come back. A huge thank you goes out to Melanie for offering up her time to teach us about the sticky everlasting daisy. So some tips for your scavenger hunt. Remember, the sticky everlasting daisy is bright yellow. It's found in open woodland or timbered reserves or national parks, or you could take the family or some friends up to Company Dam or over to Vaughan's Dam to have a look for them there. They're low growing, they're part of the ground layer, so you need to look down to find them and you must resist the urge to pick it. Remember to send any photos through to youthyarn at gmail.com let us know that you're interested in continuing on the scavenger hunt and we will keep you up to date with any new information regarding the species in further episodes. This next part of the podcast is the grandparent interview. And we'd love to hear from your grandparents. So if you would like to be involved, ask a grown-up if you can get in touch via the details in the podcast description. We ask grandparents questions such as, what was your most memorable moment? Uh, what was your biggest change in life? What brings you joy? And what has been your biggest challenge? Seeing as this is our first episode, our interview comes from outside the Weddonshire, from a place called Wombrel on the New South Wales Central Coast. This is my grandmother, Pauline. My name is Pauline Coleman. I'm 83 years old and uh, I have six children, 17 grandchildren and 23 great-grandchildren and I get a lot of joy from family. What is your most memorable moment? My most memorable moment was getting married, I think. I was only 17 and I'd known Ron since I was 12. And uh, it was all very exciting. He never treated me like a silly little girl. He 
always listened to my problems and was there for me. And it was very comforting to have that kind of uh, person in my life. What was your biggest change in life? Until I was married, I lived at Stratford Avenue, Deniston. I was there from the time I was born uh, till the till I left after I had two children. So I guess the biggest change in my life was being on my own, in my own home, which happened to be part of a, an Anglican parish. And uh, so I was helping my husband in parish life uh, and bringing up my six children. And that was a pretty big change. What brings you joy? Jesus brings joy, and I love having the joy of Jesus in my life. He um, gives me the joy that I need. He helps me in times of difficulty, and um, and he's always there as my rock. What's been the biggest challenge? Learning to live without Ron after he died suddenly 21 years ago. I guess my biggest challenge at the moment is to get well, to be able to move and do things that I want to do. Three lots of spinal surgery didn't affect me like this, but my the latest one, which was a two-day surgery, has really left me debilitated and it's taking a long while. It's been 18 months and I'm still recovering from it. And that, has, that is a big challenge at the moment. I have to accept that people have to do things for me and that I can't do everything myself, which is a very hard thing to do. What's your favourite type of music? I, I like any classical music. I love music. Love hymns. Love any classical music. The, the well-known classics like Oklahoma and, uh, uh, you know, all the old musicals, I love them all. Singing in the Rain, um, uh, any of them, I've, you know, I, I just love them. What do you wish for? My wish, my hope, my longing is that all my family come to know and love the Lord and that we can look forward eternity together with God in heaven. Have you got advice for young people? I would advise young people to look around for others that need companionship or help or um, can make can make a friend of someone who might not otherwise have a friend, someone who finds it hard to make friends. Um, I think that all youth need need to have friendship and uh, people who care about them. And um, I would very much like to uh, see young people being more thoughtful for others. I think that there's a lot of young people who need care and friendship and someone to care about them. I think it's important. It's a clear weekend, your chores are done and you deserve some you time.
How do you spend it? Our hobbies are a huge part of who we are. Some research suggests that how we spend our leisure time can actually affect our health and our hobbies can lower stress levels, improve our physical health and even benefit our quality of sleep. If you don't have a hobby, maybe you've been taught that when it comes to how to spend your time, productivity matters most, which might mean you prioritise work over play. But most of us still have free time and we can spend it wisely in a way that benefits us. Not mindlessly scrolling through an app or browsing the net on a screen, but something hands-on, challenging, creative or social. Be honest with yourself. When you have free time, do you crash and veg out or do you reward yourself with something that sparks joy and a sense of personal accomplishment? We want to share your hobbies on Youth Yarn to inspire others to take action and enjoy the opportunities that pursuing a hobby has to offer. Write to us at youthyarn at gmail.com and tell us about yours. Today, Luke is sharing his hobby with us. Luke is an avid four-wheel driver, an activity that can be enjoyable whether you're driving or in the passenger seat. We're lucky to have four-wheel drive tracks close by to us here in the Weddonshire, so it's not too far to travel to try this hobby out for yourself. Let's meet Luke. My name is Luke Stock, I'm 29 years old and my hobby is four-wheel driving. Why do you think it's important to spend time doing something you love? Um, I think it's important because it sets your mind free and you just go out and do what you love doing and just put everything behind you. When did you first start engaging in this activity? Yeah, about six years ago, I started modifying my four-wheel drive to go off-roading a typical winch lift and ties, and it just grew from there. What sort of resources do you need to take part in your hobby? Uh, just knowing where you can buy parts from in case you have a breakage and knowing places where to four-wheel drive. What are some challenges of your hobby? Challenges are definitely doing a nice, safe recovery so everyone doesn't get injured and fuel costs. That's another big uh, struggle. You know, just setting your car up for camping and going away and full driving so you can tackle tougher tracks. Would you recommend this activity to others? Definitely recommend this activity for others. Uh, just yeah, meeting new people, trying new things. Just, yeah, it's great. Now, if you and your family are inspired to take a four-wheel driving trip, send us a snapshot at youthyarn at gmail.com or let us know your favourite places to enjoy some off-roading. What careers or work opportunities exist in the Weddonshire? What do you see yourself doing as your job in the future? Our local worker segment here on Youth Yarn aims to introduce you to locals who tell us about the work they do in our community. Please email us at youthyarn at gmail.com if there's a particular career or role you'd like to learn more about. Today, let's meet Scott. My name is Scott Badman. Yes, that's really my name. And I'm 41 years old. When did you come to the Weddonshire? I moved to the Weddonshire in 2012. What do your day-to-day -day activities look like? I open up at 6am and we start at 630 the majority of my day will consist of fitting out the trailers that we build or getting them ready for fit out. I'm also responsible for repair and maintenance of electrical tools and equipment used in the factory. Who uses your services? Our products are used by farmers across Australia. What do you love about your job? The money primarily. After all, it's why we got jobs in the first place. 
But sometimes I'll get a problem that makes me feel good when I solve it. What is challenging? Managing workloads and prioritising different tasks. How do you build positive relationships with your customers? By delivering a good product to start with, but more importantly, good service when things don't go exactly right. What did it take you to get where you are today? A four-year electrical apprenticeship and over 12 years of experience in this kind of work. I believe a strong work ethic has also played a key role. Can you share what aspects of your educational lived experience helped you to have an edge in your industry or business? Before I completed my apprenticeship as a mature age apprentice, I already had a strong interest in electrical and electronics, including building several electronics kits and even dismantling the boombox I received for Christmas when I was still a kid. I love knowing how things work and this drives me to finding solutions for any problem I'm presented with. What do you like to do on the weekend? I like to play computer games on my PC and ride my motorbike. What advice would you give someone who is thinking of pursuing a similar role to yours? Go for it. Even if you ultimately decide it's not for you, the hands-on skills you can learn will still benefit you in your day-to-day life. This part of the podcast is rated PG, as some themes may require further explanation for little ears. Who do you go to when you need support? What support services are available in our community? When is the right time to connect? Where do we go? And how do we get in touch? We hope that our holistic health section of Youth Yarn helps to inform you of who's who in the zoo when it comes to care and support services in the Weddonshire. We also hope you enjoy hearing a little information about the individuals who work in the various networks that aim to keep our community connected and help others to flourish and thrive. Today, Chad from Headspace in Cowra is with us. Let's learn a bit about Chad and his role in the services that support our community. Uh, My name is Chad White. Uh, Interesting fact about myself. Um, There's too many to mention, I have to say. Too many. Uh, You'd be quite surprised when you start talking to me and get to know me um, and what you learn from me. And what is your area of expertise? My area of expertise is suicide prevention and mental health. And what made you want to become a health professional in this area? The reason I um, got into the health profession was because of my lived experience, um, my passion for mental health and especially suicide prevention, like everything's always resolvable. Um, sometimes our journeys can be long and hard, but at the end of it, there's a lovely light and a beautiful life. Um, and with mental health being treated in a positive way, we can succeed a successful life. So what, where and how did you study to follow your ambitions? How I got into the health profession, um, the studies that I did, um, I was lucky to um, secure uh, two scholarships through the Western New South Wales PHN Suicide Prevention Trial Project. So the first one was um, Cert for in Community Services and then um, a year later I undertook the Diploma of Community Services Case Management and that started the pathway really for me in mental health and being able to work for Headspace as a um, youth care coordinator supporting youth. Within the work you do, what would you say is your biggest challenge? 
Uh, so the greatest challenge I, I face within my role and day-to-day life is um, seeing people that are struggling with struggling with mental health and suicide, um, not reaching out for help, um, not knowing how to seek help. Um, and this is usually associated with the stigma and the culture that they've been brought up in um, to believe. Um, so I have to say that is one of the biggest challenges because uh, these people go untreated and then sometimes it can end in the worst results which we don't want to see or deal with. If you could pick one thing that you wish people knew about the service you provide, what would that be? Um, so what I'd like for people to know about our services at Headspace, it is a uh, youth service, which is an early intervention into mental health service uh, for youth aged 12 to 25. We have four core streams, which is drug and alcohol, sexual health, mental health, and digital work and study vocational services. Uh, all these services are free. Anyone can refer. You can refer yourself, teachers, doctors, anyone can make the referral process. Um, so please reach out if you need to and um, give us a ring and we can talk you through what is more entailed in with our services. For someone who wanted to pursue a role that's similar to yours, what would your advice be? Uh, If someone wants to pursue a similar role as to mine within the mental health sector, um, I'd advise you to speak to other people within your community that work in that field, get a feel for it, some idea, um, some guidance of them, reach out to your local TAFE, keep your eye out, you know, for scholarships that are available um, and just really pursue your passion if you feel that you can make a difference in someone's life. Please share with us what you love most about what you do. This is a very hard question for me to really answer. Um, I, I really love what I do because I have a strong passion for it and my lived experience feeds that passion. Um, I think the overall, the reason I love doing what I do is people come up to me and say thank you for guiding them and helping them. And then, you know, I'll usually see them offering assistance to someone else that's um, found themselves in the same journey. That's what I love about it. Based on your knowledge, what are three things people could do to take control of their health and improve their well-being? Uh, three good things to control and help improve your uh, well-being. Um, number one, definitely number one, is talk. Talk about what your feelings and emotions are at that point in time if something's happened or if you're just feeling run down and that. Talk, reach out to someone. It's the biggest key to all of our mental health. Second would have to be sleep. You need really good sleep. It's the next biggest key important to well-being. And a third one would have to uh, definitely have to be physical health, you know. Doing some light exercise like walking or swimming, you know, just something to keep you active. How do people get in touch with you if they would like to learn more about what you do or book an appointment? So if people would like to get in contact with myself or learn more about my service, um, I work for Headspace Cara. So you can find us on Facebook under Headspace Cara. It has all of our details on there. Um, our phone number is 6341-5800. Um, we operate Monday to Wednesday. Um, so please reach out, make a call. Myself or any of the other staff members of Headspace Cara will assist you with your inquiry and help you book appointments, tell you how they work, uh, what's entailed with um, our assessments and our referral pathway system. 
Thank you, Chad, for sharing with us a little bit about your role in supporting the health and well-being of our community. That number for Cowra Headspace again is 63415800 and they are open from Monday to Wednesday. If you do find yourself in need of a listening ear, there are national support lines that you can also call. Kids Helpline is available anytime, any reason, on 1800 55 1800 or you could call the Mental Health Line on 1800 011 511. This concludes our pilot episode for Youth Yarn. In future episodes, we're hoping to teach you some Wiradjuri language and also interview some of our first responders. We hope you've enjoyed listening and have an inkling of what we are hoping to achieve with this platform. And it's so easy to get involved. Do you have something you'd like to share on the podcast or have ideas for future episodes? Write to us. Our contact details are either email youthyarn at gmail.com or telephone 0437 229092. We will also include the details in the podcast description. If you would like to interview your friends and family, it is so easy. All you need is a device, either a phone, tablet or computer, and a voice recording app. Make sure you are in a nice, quiet space when you record. Label a save file with your name, and if you feel inclined, email it through to us. We would love to hear your creative pieces, any stories, poetry, jokes, and music too. We will include it in future episodes. If you're shy, don't worry. You can use a pseudonym or remain anonymous. Use Youth Yarn as your local creative hub. Don't forget to keep your eyes peeled for the sticky everlasting daisy and send us photos to put you in the running for the Wet and Wild Scavenger Hunt Prize. Stay tuned to hear what species to look out for next. And hey, if you like to draw, we'd also like your artistic input for our logo. Draw what you love about our home here in Wedden and we will feature it in our official logo for a week. And thank you for listening. Stay kind.